Attention duelists, welcome to Draw Sense Podcast, Episode 3. I'm Rana. I'm HR Forges. And today we will be talking about Kite Tenjo's event, which has recently finished up, the KC Cup event, which has recently begun, and a few other things I think you will think are interesting. Before we get into that, first I'd like to plug in our social media. We are on Facebook as Draw Sense Podcast, and you can find our Twitter handle at SenseDraw. There are a few other ones we're in the process of working on. Hopefully by next podcast, we will have our YouTube up with captions. The YouTube should definitely be ready to go by the time this episode's live. It's just a matter of putting captions over the episodes once that's up. But the YouTube will definitely be up and the video's up once you see this episode live. Just it'll take a bit of time to get the captions up because that's something we haven't gotten to doing yet. And of course we have an Instagram that we have not yet touched. More on that one later. Another thing that's coming soon is our website. It is up and running, but it's really not got anything going on yet. Once it is, we have some cool stuff in store for you there. Yeah, it's very bare bones, but bear with us. On to the meat. What I've been up to, I'll start with, and then I'll hand it off to HR Forges. So I've been hanging out in Zexel, going up in the stages since I'm there, leveling up, of course, Kite Tenjo, and really fascinating event I want to get into a little bit later. Title acquisition, cards, etc. Usual completionist stuff for me. Finished getting Leo to level 30 because I can't stand to let that haunt me. Unlocking and leveling up Luna. Selection boxes. Getting into those. Half price pack sales, of course. And also the KC Cup event. I've only got up to dual level 5 because I'm really not as big into the PvP as HR Forges is. But I have been at least doing a little bit of that. I was a bit disappointed because I misread the KC Cup and I thought it was based on the December PvP rankings. I'm like, oh cool, because I hit King of Game there, so I thought, yeah, I don't have to grind up to Duelist level max. But no, I only, in air quotes, start as level 10. I haven't really done too much in Duel Links in the past week. I've really just been keeping my ear to the ground for any news or update and getting excited over a few things. Though, with the KC Cup, I am making an effort to get the two new cards that they put into like the packs like you get for the daily rewards. Just because one's an alternate art and I am a sucker for alternate art. Who isn't? Yeah, exactly. And the other's a fun card. So on to the news, segueing in. Let's first wrap up the Kite Tenjo event, which wrapped up earlier this week, and talk about that. I personally thought that was a very fascinating event. There were a lot of things they did a bit differently this time around, and I hope that Konami makes that a habit. For example, while you were leveling up, you got great cards right in the first 10 to 20 levels. By level 20, with the event cards, plus maybe... A couple of gems thrown at the latest mini box we talked about in last episode. I had a full Galaxy Eyes deck for Kite Tenjo. And then second, of course, you could try before you buy. You were able to dual event duelists with a pre-built Galaxy Eyes deck just to see how you like it. I thought that was fantastic. You really only need one of each UR card from the new box to really complete your deck. Besides some event cards you probably already have from just dueling the event. This and more, I think, are huge game changers for how Konami's going to be dropping some new event-exclusive duelists from now on, in my opinion. And of course, a side note, I'm a fan of the items being flames and just saying no on them. I was a fan of the event. I thought it was fantastic. I thought that it was very interesting for an older player like myself to see some of these changes, and I really hope they keep them moving forward. What are your thoughts? 
it was really fun, as you said, to try before you buy. I thought it was quite interesting that they decided to hold back a little from the Kamani ways, because sure, there are some cards in that deck that you got to play that were UR cards in the upcoming box, so obviously it did entice you to buy into that box a bit, but I was expecting for some of the other cards that ended up being a level up rewards, I expected them to come as cards in future boxes to like try to squeeze more money out, but I'm actually glad that they held back a little bit there. But yeah, no, it was really a bit of a refreshing twist on a style of event that they've been doing for ages, because there's not really anything new about this event in terms of just how it functions, but adding in the ability to test out a kite-themed deck, it was a nice change. Yeah, I thought it was really a nice break from Komani's usual ways. <laughs> so those were the key points we really wanted to talk about with Kite Tenjo. I'm really hoping that in the future they'll continue this trend with event-exclusive duelists and characters. Moving on to the current events, the KC Cup. So as you mentioned before, the cards and packs that you can win are really interesting. Other than that, I think it's a typical bread and butter KC Cup event, but are there any other comments you wanted to add with the current KC Cup going on? There's a couple of things I wanted to add. The cards I referenced earlier are Metal Morph, which is the card that gets an alternate art in this pack. I believe it's original artwork we're getting for it, if I remember correctly. That's pretty nice. I'm pretty sure that's where that artwork's from. But either way, an alternate artwork for a fan favorite is nice. The other card that they've added in there is Orbital 7, which, for those of you who don't know, I know Orbital 7 has appeared a little bit in some of the cutscenes with the Kite events. Orbital 7 is basically Kite's personal robot assistant, and not only did they make Orbital 7 into a card, but they did that in the anime as well. So it's a little bit of a fan favorite for fans of Zexel, but if it doesn't appeal to you for that reason, it is also a not bad addition to any Photon or Galaxy. Galaxy deck, especially if you're trying to play with Galaxy Eyes Photon Dragon. That's one thing I wanted to bring up about the Casey Cup. The other thing is, if you have any dream tickets that you haven't used yet, I would hold back on using them in any decks that are current top tier decks for the KC Cup. Unless you're like one card off, I would hold off just because it's very likely that after this KC Cup we'll get another ban list. Oh yeah, for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if Thunder Dragons, because they have a lot of free-to-play cards, so I'd be surprised if they don't get hit because they have gotten quite a number of boosts recently. I believe you mentioned that last episode about the Thunder Dragons, actually. Yeah, the other deck I would watch out for is Noble Knights, though I suspect if they're going to hit Noble Knights at all, they're going to hit the skill balance again, but they could still hit the actual deck itself, I just don't know how, without totally ruining it, so I would watch out for those two. I think most other decks are pretty safe to play. Outside of those two, I would hold off on spending your tickets on those two. That's really good advice, actually, and I didn't think about it until you mentioned it. Konami typically tends to put out a new ban list every time there's a KC Cup because they tend to see which decks are most disruptive to the current meta and tend to act accordingly. 
they get a lot of information, not just on what's being played a lot, but also what's causing the most amount of quick surrenders. They usually find that if there's a deck where people just surrender when as soon as they see it, that you're playing that deck, that that deck is viewed as toxic or bad for the meta. Because obviously, if people are quitting early, they're going to get frustrated with the game. They're more likely to quit or to stop giving Konami money. So they have an incentive to remove those more toxic strategies. The KZ Cup gives them a very good playing ground for that because in the KC Cup most people are going to be playing either their best deck or one of their best decks and not a lot of cheesy strategies are going to be played because a lot of cheesy strategies don't have a high win rate but when they go off they're kind of funny to go off and can be a bit toxic but because they don't have a high win rate most people aren't going to play them so their information and their data isn't as corrupted or diluted from those decks. That's usually why they do it after a KC Cup. Also the other reason is if they did it before for a KC Cup, they might be unintentionally creating a toxic meta. They do a lot of playtesting with the ban list, but sometimes a ban list will happen and Konami won't realize that a certain interaction means that because of that ban list, there's this other deck that's like insanely over the top toxic and then they have to do another ban list to fix it. They don't want to have that situation possibly arise right before a KC Cup. So that's another reason why. These are really great points. Takeaways from what HR Forges just said, save your UR tickets unless you're maybe one away from creating the ultimate KC Cup deck because likely ban lists are coming. Good advice. Moving forward, I believe that you have some news about a few leaked cards in the game data. Yes. Would you care to take the floor? I would very much care to. So... <laughs> So there's a lot of interesting things, and I think I've looked into it a little bit. We're getting a lot of T.G. cards, or otherwise better known as TG cards. And they're an archetype that's from the anime, from the Synchro era. And I wasn't sure if it came from a character or not, because I only really remember the big points from the 5Ds anime. So I looked into it. There is a character that is, I think, important enough to warrant a character slot. And because there is a lot of TG cards in here, I'm thinking... We already do know in one of the in-game announcements that we're getting another synchro-based character later this month. We are definitely getting a character, we just don't know who yet. And the quote, I don't recognise the quote. I suspect we might be getting a TG character just because of the number of TG cards leaked. That being said, it is also possible that we get him in a box instead. But I'm thinking because Konami's sort of trying to push the XE's mechanic a lot, I think the TG cards are almost certainly coming in the form of a character. And I would, would not like to be proven wrong about that. But wait... I'm about to prove you wrong about that. Okay. You mentioned there was a quote. Yeah. That leads me to believe usually Konami loves to drop a little teaser quote before they drop a new character. What's the quote? This is the power beyond synchro. So it's very vague, you know what I mean? Like, usually we can tell by the quote. Usually the quote, like, has something that is very telling of the character. But this is the power beyond Synchro. I mean, most characters in the 5Ds anime are trying to go further beyond. Over 9,000. Exactly, exactly. Like, that's the entire point of that anime. And then someone 
goes so far beyond that they start making negative synchros. So, <laughs> like, that's not even a joke. It's such a vague quote. All of the characters they've released for 5D so far have been very memorable characters. They've been very main characters. And so their quotes have been very, like, you read it and you go, oh, that's almost certainly this character. And we've been given those quotes for all those characters. This one's quite a vague one. And so that makes me think it is going to be a character that's not quite a main character, but is still important enough to warrant the slot. And again, I think it's a bit too early to be seeing box leaks for entire groups of cards. And because all these TG cards were leaked at the same time, I do think they're going to be in an event. It's just whether or not it's going to be in this new characters event, or if it's going to be a event where the NPCs are using this card. So I'm kind of putting my money on it being the new character. Interesting, because at the beginning of this, you said that you thought it was going to be a new box. I did, did I? <laughs> you did, you did. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so I did, in fact, change your mind. There are cards definitely in here, because there's more than just the TG cards that lead me to believe they're going to be in a new box. There's a few Xyz cards that make me think that, and then there's a couple of Shark cards as well. I do think that there's some new box stuff here, but I think the TG stuff, almost all of it should be in this character, I think. You know what? I think we're just going to say the jury's out on whether it's a new box or a new character, and we'll be just as surprised as you are when we find out. It is hard to say either way because there are three UR cards and three SR cards for the TGs and then a bunch of normal and rares that have been in this league. So it's kind of hard to tell either way. It says late February, so we'll just have to wait until later this month. Interesting. I'm really interested to see if it's going to be a new character or a new box, personally. Well, we definitely know we're getting a new character. That's the only reason why. We know we're getting a new character? Yeah, because it's in the in-game news. Right at the bottom of February news. But you don't know if this particular leak is related to this new character or not. Yeah, yeah, I don't know for sure. I just think timing-wise. A lot of speculation there, <laughs> especially between the two of us. Oh yeah. We have no idea. It's very rare that leaks come with less speculation than that, so I'm just excited overall. We're just generally excited, yes. Why don't we use this opportunity to segue into talking about a couple of things. Since we're in KC Cup mode, some things about the game and about dueling itself that you might overlook as a newer player. So we try in this podcast to have a section for newer players to encourage better duels overall for both newer players and older players, for people who are used to the card game or to the Duel Links meta, we think it's really important to kind of just give tidbits of advice so that way we all can just have better duels. Why don't I give the opportunity to you to give you your advice because yours is a little more relevant to the KC Cup, whereas mine's just more relevant to the RPG kind of section of playing the game. I think our dynamic is such that this section will always be a mixture of how to play Duel Links better and how to get better as a duelist. It's always going to be a mixture of that. So what I wanted to talk about today, it's something that's going to improve your win rate tremendously, but it's something a lot of people not only overlook, but they also scoff at and just reject outright. So we're going to explain it a bit and hopefully you can learn to understand why this works. What it is, is 
limiting your deck size to as the least amount of cards as possible. Ideally, you want to have 20 card decks for most of your decks. There's a couple of exceptions, and they usually show up in the form of decks running either Balance or Restart, or a deck that uses a skill that adds a card to the deck because you can't do anything about that. Other than those examples, and they're very few and far between in terms of decks that are good that do any of that, you want to be running 20 card decks. And the main reason is, is consistency. If you're trying to rank up in Duel Links, or if you're just trying to win more often so that you're not losing as much, you'll want to increase your consistency. Now, in a 20 card deck, and if you're going first, that means you don't draw for your turn, you have roughly 50% chance of opening in your opening hand of four cards with a card that you run three copies of, okay? So basically a coin flip whether or not you see that card. In a 20 card deck, you have about a 50% probability of opening a card that you run three copies of. Now, if you bump your deck up to 22 cards, the chances of you opening that card comes from just over 50% down to 47%. Now, you might be thinking, oh, well, the difference between 50 and 47, it's only 3%. That's not going to pop up all the time. And you'll be right, over a large portion of games, if you do the math, say in 100 games, you're only going to lose a couple of games more. But the problem comes in, if you're trying to win more often, you want to take every single percent increase possible. That 47 is going to lose you games every now and again, not often, but every now and again, you're going to lose a game just because you didn't have the cards you need. And at the end of the day, you want your deck to be built around only the cards you need to win. You don't want to play any other cards other than that. Really good duelist runs into the problem of having the core cards they need to win and then still need to put more cards in because they need to have a minimum of 20. I always run into that problem where I've got only the cards I need to win in the deck, but I still need to put in like four to five more cards because you need a 20 card deck. That's where that mindset comes from is because you're trying to minimize the amount of cards that aren't going towards your win condition. And the win condition is all that matters in your deck. Everything else might as well just be a nothing card. This is one of the biggest rookie mistakes that you can make as a duelist, quite frankly. I know that when I began playing, my very first days of playing the game, I had this mentality of risk versus reward. I felt that if I stacked my deck up to the deck limit of 30 cards in Duel Links, which is the upper deck limit for your main deck, not the extra deck. That's a whole different matter. And 60 in the card game. I felt that if I had more cards, I had more opportunities to win. In particular, I felt I wanted to win in a very particular way, and I had more options if I had more cards. However, what I quickly learned is that you actually have less opportunities to win, as HR Forges said, with the win condition. Also, even though you think you have more opportunities to do things with more cards, you end up relying on certain archetypes of cards, like, for example, searcher cards, just to find the one card to do the one thing that you need to do. And instead of having most of those searcher cards, unless they can do other things for you that are applicable to your deck, that help make your deck better, you may as well just get rid of them and have your deck lose some cards and focus on the actual meat and potatoes of what you want to actually do with your deck. This is just one of those things that is probably going to be one of the first mistakes that you make, but 
The thing is, is even older players still make this mistake quite often and wonder, why am I not doing better? Why am I not winning more duels? Why am I not getting ahead? I think a good visualization of this is say you've got a glass of chocolate milk and the milk is the amount of cards in your deck and the chocolate flavoring is your win condition. Now, you might think, well, if I put more plain milk into my chocolate milk, I'll have more chocolate milk. But the truth is, as you put more plain milk into your glass of chocolate milk, the level of effectiveness the chocolate flavoring has wears off. It's the same with your deck. The more cards you put in that aren't your win condition, the lower your chances are of achieving that win condition. Yeah, basically, if you are going above, even if you're going from 20 to 23 cards, for example, you are statistically reducing per card your abilities to achieve the win condition. And again, the exceptions to this rule are the skills balance or restart. Even then, I would exercise some caution. I wouldn't say, yeah, sky's the limit. Fill up your deck. I would still really try to keep your deck on the slimmer side. I would say with the balance and restart exceptions, you have to be quite knowledgeable of deck building and that's a bit more of a higher level technique just because not every deck's going to benefit from balance or restart. A good example is Noble Knight. They really excel with balance because they have all these spell cards that they need to play, but those spell cards do nothing without a monster. So balance remedies that because balance basically guarantees they're going to have one of their monsters and a spell. Whether that's going to be a good combination or not it still comes up to luck but in the end balance makes that deck do what it needs to do whereas if you try to build a deck and then adjust it so that balance works with it balance will give you a balanced hand because that's what the skill does but whether that balanced hand actually helps your deck or not is a completely different story and that's going to have to be something that you figure out on a case-by-case basis like rana said it's not always going to work out so you do need to exercise caution These are really great tips to keep in mind for building decks for the KC Cup, especially if you're really trying to get into the second stage. Now, going on to some of the tips for playing Duel Links itself, irrespective of the KC Cup. I personally, the way I play Duel Links, I focus on the RPG aspects as well as the PvP aspects. HR Forges, as we've mentioned before, focuses more on the PvP as opposed to the RPG aspects. So, for comparison, on my side, I'm at stage 60 in DM. I'm close to stage 30 in most of the other ones, which is the limit of the other worlds. I have all of my characters either maxed out or at least past level 30, including the event exclusive characters. I have most of the cards for most of the events. However, I don't focus as much on the PvP aspect as I probably should. And on the reverse, HR Forge's hitting king of games left and right. No. <laughs> I'm that was one it. time. That was one time. It was more than me. Yeah, no, you're right. I'll, I'll let you continue. HR Forges is hitting King of Games far more than I am, which is greater than zero. However, in terms of the in-game, um, still is not really... I do the bare minimum. They do the absolute bare minimum just to like be able to participate in events. I do the bare minimum for events. If there's ever a card in an event where I see I might play it, I'll go after it. But if I ever see a card, I'm like, I'm never going to use that. Not even for an event. I just don't worry about it. Same goes for like character level ups. Unless I need gems or unless I need a specific card, I don't worry too much about any of that. In fact, the only characters that I've gotten super high level up 
on purpose are Kyber and Bandit Keith, and they'll both for specific cards. Everyone else has just gotten higher level from the high amount of PvP games I've played, and just naturally over time. And I think we're just two different types of ways that people play the game, and there's no right or wrong way unless you're trying to achieve certain goals, but in the future more of HR Forge's advice towards playing is going to be closer to the PvP aspects and mine's going to be closer to in-game aspects. So the one I want to focus on today is something that you might overlook whether you are a veteran player or a new player is gate dueling after a certain level. I really advise you don't discount it. It's easy to I've done it myself because you can't auto-duel. Don't discount gate dueling. Just because you can't auto-duel doesn't mean it isn't valuable. You can obtain cards here that you don't need to spend your UR and super rare card tickets on. You can get skills here that you don't have to spend your skill tickets on. You can complete stage missions here. I've often used the gate when I have to specifically duel Yuma and Astral at level 30. Three times in a row I need to win or I need to get 4,000 attack in one attack. I go to the gate typically because I'm not going to sit around waiting for the character to spawn at the right level in game. It's really great to use that for what it's good for, for stage missions, for skills, for cards. Also, it's a really great way to level up too if you duel at three times. You can, if you find you don't want to spend any more duel orbs in game, it's a great way to help that along, especially if there's a 1.5 times XP event going on. Anything you wanted to add to that? I just wanted to add that for any who's been playing for any decent amount of time you're gonna be covered in gate keys unless you go out of your way to run yourself dry you're gonna have plenty of keys in all the colors and you won't have to worry about this problem but if you're a player that has i would say less than 2000 of any one color i would be selective about how you spend them because it doesn't take very long for you to go from that 2000 or so down to like nothing if you're specifically gate dueling for a card and you're trying to get that character to drop that card you may or may not get it within a reasonable time frame. You don't want to be wasting the key colors on characters that aren't going to give you a card that you'd actually want to use. If you haven't got a lot of keys, I would look at the different characters that correspond to the different gate key colors and pick accordingly based off of who has cards you'd actually want. Even if you're dueling them for reasons other than their cards, it's just good practice not to waste your keys on characters that aren't going to give you cards you're going to use. At least if you're going to be using keys you might as well get a card that you might use again this tip only really applies if you don't have a lot of keys if you're covered in keys you play against whoever it really doesn't matter you're not going to run out of keys before getting the cards you need you'll be fine i think actually this would be a great time for you to talk about your little experiment starting a new account and comparing it to your old account because that's one thing i think i failed to mention is that because i've been playing since the game's inception i'm as hr forge has said covered in keys i have over ten thousand and gate keys probably for each color and more so for just general gate keys but I think that for newer players it's possible you might not have as many so why don't you talk a little bit about that. So around Christmas-ish time around mid-December I decided to just see what the game is like as a new player because there was a lot of dream tickets at that time and I thought this will be a good time to see how good of a deck you can make starting as a brand new Duel Links player assuming you knew what cards you needed to make a good deck. You know I was able to build like a masked hero deck with like all of the free gems and the tickets and stuff I was able to make a fairly good masked hero deck that was only missing level up rewards it was as good as a deck made on basically day three or four of an account 
could be without spending money, I should say. That being said, one of the hardest things was any cards that account needs that come from character drops, that was difficult. I was quickly noticing like, oh, there's a couple of cards here. Oh, I can just go and farm that from the gate. And I went to farm it and I'm like, oh, I haven't got a lot of keys. So I made sure to play the game somewhat consistently for a few days. And I quickly realized that you don't build up gate keys very quickly. And the same goes for dual orbs as well. It's very easy to think, well, oh, I ran out of gate keys on my account. I'll just use dual orbs and do that until I have enough gate keys again. Whilst myself or Orana could do that, newer players can't because dual orbs don't come as quickly as what a more experienced player might think. And same goes for the gate keys. A lot of the time too is that our gate key reserves as the older players get boosts every now and again because every now and again Konami decides, oh, for this like couple of weeks or however long, it's going to be double gate key rewards. You're going to get double the amount of gate keys from duels. That helps you build up quickly. Those newer players, they haven't been around for many of them, if any at all. That's just why if you're a newer player, you are going to have lessons. So you are going to have to think more carefully about where you're going to spend them. Great point about the dual orbs, by the way, actually. So for myself, I actually don't use dual orbs that often unless there's a 1.5 XP event going on. But it's important to note that earlier on in the game, they were really giving out dual orbs, I think, a lot more often. It was left, right, and center a while ago. I think they quickly realized that it was basically giving people too many free duels, (laughs) so to speak. Yeah, giving money away. It was sort of eliminating those EXP vagrants you can buy or like those infinite standard duelists you can buy. It was sort of negating that, so they slowed it down a lot. And for reference, about three months ago, I had over a thousand duel orbs and I've now got about six, seven hundred. They do go kind of quickly. I have about 1400 at any given time. I think right now I have closer to 1300 only because I spent them, typically spend 50 to 100 if there's an XP event going on, but that's just me. I really don't use them because I kind of just play off and on throughout the day and just let the standard duelists just kind of respawn respawn on their own so i'm very frugal (laughs) we have different ways of playing the game because you sort of like you said you come in and out throughout the day i sort of like to dedicate a block of time to the game and not touch it outside of that time period so for me you know i'm going to run out of the standard duelists they will respawn during that block of time but i won't get the same amount of duels as rana will if i'm not using duel orbs because i'm only going to be there for that period of time and they've only got so much time to respawn that's probably why my orb usage is so high. I think that's important to acknowledge that it's definitely different for newer players than it was for people who've been playing pretty much since the beginning of the game. A lot of things have changed since the beginning and we'll also kind of touch upon that in each podcast as well, kind of comparing newer players and what they're dealing with versus older players and what they're dealing with. And definitely older players have some advantages in terms of being grandfathered in with having more dual orbs, for example or they were definitely kind of handing out more gems as well. I remember almost every time that they sent out an update, they sent out like apology gems because, oh, it went over. So almost every time there was an update, you got 500 gems. And then on top of that, you got gems for every new box they put out. You know, it it really is a little different these days now. I think Konami's learned to be a little more frugal with certain items. 
I think the biggest changes in regards to gems goes is the duelists at the gate used to drop more gems and more often. And so nowadays, they're going to rarely drop them, and when they do, it's going to be like two. But they used to be able to drop like 10, 15, sometimes 20 on the higher ends, and drop a decent amount more often than now. But it's a free game, so I mean, you can't really fault them too much. It's definitely very interesting to see how the game has evolved over time. And like I said before, the most interesting one most recently was with Kite Tenjo's event and how they kind of allowed you to try the deck before you even got the potential event exclusive duelist. And also you basically had a deck ready to go that was fairly decent by even before you got to level 30. It's fairly interesting to me, at least, how the game evolves over time. And I think it's important to acknowledge Duel Link's history. So yeah, we'll be talking about that in each podcast as well. But to wrap up, probably next week, by then, we will be talking more about the KC Cup. Hopefully we'll have a new event coming up. I think that you said, HR Forges, that there's an event that's coming up soon, right? So we are going to get the return of Colin. So if you haven't got the Cowboy Colin yet, you can get him again. And also, if you didn't get the skill from his last event you can also get that there other than that the only other like key event that we're waiting on is the one at the end of the month with the new assuming 5d's character so hopefully next week we'll have a little bit more information on that and colin's cowboy event cowboy colin Hopefully our fellow duelists out there listening will be well on their way to stage two and possibly even to getting an invite to Worlds. That would be really exciting. The key problem with how it works is that you essentially have to play 24-7 for a four-day period in stage two just to like even have a chance of qualifying. Let's not discourage our listeners. <laughs> What I'm saying is if you don't make it, don't feel bad. The reason why you have to play so much is because so many people want it. And so because of that, you do have to play a lot to get the points to get up to that level. The ability to get it. It's very easy to be good enough to get to enough points. But because so many people are trying to get it and only one person from each region gets an invite, don't feel discouraged if you don't. That's the only reason I wanted to bring that up. Don't feel discouraged if you don't, but don't also not try either, because there's so many great items and gems that you could be getting right now. At the very minimum, aim for getting all the items, even if you don't generally enjoy PvP. If I remember correctly, getting to Duelist level max, you get a total of a thousand gems from like one to max pretty good and then you get a bunch of skill tickets and stuff and then in stage two there's still going to be more rewards so at the very minimum do it for the rewards 100 percent. do it for the rewards do your best to get to stage two but if you don't get to stage two at least try to duel four times a day in pvp even if you don't win get those orbital sevens get those alternate art metal morphs i believe in you listeners We believe in you, duelists. All right, we'll take this opportunity to wrap up, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.